This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with University of Utah football star Cameron Rising. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark. Former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high-performance business coach, where each week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thanks for spending some time with me today. In this episode, University of Utah football star Cameron Rising, the extraordinary quarterback from Newberry Park High School, sophomore All-American, two-time first-team All-CIF, League Offensive Player of the Year, and four-star high school recruit, rated as the number eight quarterback in the nation, shares his life off and on the field as an elite athlete and honor roll student, giving us an inside glimpse into what it takes to be named Pac-12 All-Conference first-team quarterback, rated sixth overall in the country, and voted Pac-12 Player of the Week on multiple occasions teaching us what he does to make himself physically strong, mentally tough, and emotionally ready to play every down and compete at the highest level in every game, being resilient with the belief that no matter what your past has been, you have a spotless future. It's only about right now, what can I do in this play to help us win? So we're going to get an inside glimpse into this fine young man. We love you. We honor you. And the best word that I could share on behalf of all the other fans who sit in our section at the 50-yard line, we admire you. And it's an honor to have you on my program, my friend. Thank you for the kind words, and thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here with you. No, you're awesome. I'm a songwriter, and I would write a song about him, but I don't know, I don't know what rhymes with stud, muffin, hunk of burning love. <laughs> so we better ignore that conversation altogether. So I'm curious, and I know everybody else is curious, who would give anything to be sitting here interviewing you. Talk about how you were raised at the Rose Bowl last year, and even though this is evergreen, the Rose Bowl in 2021, I had a chance to meet your amazing dad, Nico, your amazing mother, Eunice, and I believe one of your two brothers. Yeah. And to play cornhole with your dad, who's yep. extraordinary phenomenal, competitor phenomenal and player, athlete, yeah. and phenom- ph- phenomenal player. Not as good as me, but yeah, he's exactly. Good, yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> Tell us about growing up in your family and how you became this elite athlete, not just physically as a specimen, strong, fast, but a gentleman off the field. Let's let's hear about your family. Uh, my parents, they. Uh, they're, they're, they're both competitive people. They like to, to have fun and really make sure that they're competing. And my brothers are the same way. And we grew up competing who can, who can eat our cereal the fastest and who, who can go out there and, and make the most shots and, and doing, doing everything that we can just to, just to compete because we, we find it just fun to do anything and throwing darts, playing ping pong, you name it. We were out there doing it. And, um, yeah, they, and they just had fun always. It's been, it, was, it was a good time, good childhood for sure. So as a four-star recruit, and as we heard in the introduction, rated eighth in the nation as a quarterback, what made you decide to, to transfer from Texas to Utah? Tell us about what the real draw of why you're here and why we've embraced you so quickly here in the great state. Well, actually, Texas didn't offer what, what I wanted to study. That was a, that was a, a big part of it. And then uh, just football-wise, I didn't, I didn't like the way – 
but they were running the, the quarterback so much, and I actually got a little little scared to be running quarterback power oh, and doing stuff yeah. like that, and didn't want to put my body through that type of punishment, and and ultimately decided it would be best if I were to take my talents elsewhere. And and um, funny story is uh, coming out of high school, Utah actually, Coach Harding, our O line coach, came to visit me, and I didn't even uh, see him because at the time they had. Uh, Jack Tuttle committed, and I was also committed to Oklahoma. So, I uh, it's funny how it comes comes back around like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what about Utah, and our culture, and our team, and our fan base uh, will keep you here when the the possible transfer portal temptation will obviously come your way as an elite quarterback here in the country? Uh, my teammates, I, I love those guys. They they do a great job coming in and, and wanting to work every day. And I, I love being around them. And, and that's why it's so fun to come in each and every day. And, and you, you can do it with a smile because, you know, the, the guy next to you is grinding just as, as much as you are. And, and it just makes it that much more fun. And you don't even really really think about all, all that other, other stuff, all the outside noise that, that really can, can uh, just cloud your mind and really make you think of stuff that just is not important and, and – in that in that time, I think you just got to keep the main thing the main thing and really focus on ball and just being with your team. And it's obvious when the defense does something well because our tickets are so close, we see you come over and congratulate the defense. Absolutely. So it truly is a family. There's no separation of defense, offense, second string even rallies to the occasion. So teach us about the culture. How how does a coach? create a family atmosphere that's more than a team that your your team is so famous for and you as the captain as the leader it, it, it you know guides your teammates to believe in each other yeah um to do it the way coach Witt does it I think I think it comes from just coaching the same team for that long and really having keeping the same coaches in the room and making sure that guys are just meshing well and and if you're able to do that and make sure that you don't get any uh any guys that are going to be issues or problems with the, within the team then it's usually able to usually going to bode well for you to keep that culture going and and yeah coach Witt is one of the best in the nation at, at doing that and he just motivates everybody and makes it easy to come eat, come in each and every day and just have so how have do you fun. prepare for the game because in so many of the games you you go into that audible mindset so often to just call off the play that comes from the sideline how do you prepare yourself for that two ways but emotionally so that the coach trusts you. You have a mutual respect and support with the coach so that when the coach up in the booth is calling the play and on the field, you understand that once the game starts, the coach is stuck on the sideline. Somebody has to make a play. How do you prepare yourself so that you know that you can make that real-time adjustment and rise to the occasion? First, it comes from hours of, of film preparation, and, and you make sure that you watch all the looks and in this formation and because this is what we want to do and this is the look that we don't want to run this play into so we got to make sure that that we we know the alert or the check or the kill and and then once you know that then usually throughout the week you're getting a few reps on the play making sure that you're getting one rep of usually the perfect look which we like to call the postcard look and and then we're, we're looking for the bad look as well some some type of overload pressure or something that that just mess up the play, so you, you usually like to, to save those for the postcards. So let's play ahead. So you're through playing professional football, and yeah, you, you decide to be a coach. How, how do you coach 
uh, how do you would this is a better way to ask the question? Would you th- have your quarterback throw to the receiver who's just j- dropped two passes in a row? Would you keep coming back to him, or do you basically check him off and say, "What a dr- what a drag"? If the guy fumbles, do you take him out of the game and never play him again, or what do you do to help him recover and know that you still believe in him? Well, I think number one, you got to have unwavering belief in in all your guys, and that's really the only way to get that family feel. If if I throw a pass to a guy and he drops it, and then I throw another one and he drops it again, and I'm I'm still going to be looking for him. He's still going to be on my mind, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose faith in those moments just because that one that one play one play doesn't define you. So you 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 can always go make the next, and and yeah, and just always being ready for that that situation, and because you never know when it's going to come up and. Are there, go. Are, are there specific words that you would use as a quarterback to a receiver who dropped the pass or somebody who's fumbled the ball? Depends. I mean, some, it, it could be a little explicit but um, <laughs> on the field. But, yeah, it, it, uh, usually usually I'm just telling them that I'm going to come right back to you and, and I, I still have all the faith. I haven't, I haven't lost any, any trust in you, so, so be ready. So you win the game in practice. You win the game in the film room. You win the game in the gym. Absolutely. So what's your routine? You're this physical specimen. You're faster than anyone realized. Game speed, you just turned it on, especially last game. You're tough. You lowered your shoulder. You got the the touchdown. You did whatever you needed to do. Teach us what your routine is that has allowed you to become more mentally tough, physically strong as a very big Division I quarterback, and emotionally resilient. You throw a pick. You fumble. You come right back as a champion. Yeah. We need to know what you could do mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, maybe that allows you to get back up and go again. Uh, one, of, one of the biggest things that I learned is just making sure that you, you always come back to neutral, no matter how big the moment or how bad the moment, and just, just find that even keel feel and, and just try to, try to let the emotions come and go and, and take it for what it is and embrace them, but just move on to the next one. And, and to get to that point, it's, it's taken a lot of meditation and, and just making sure that I'm – focused and, and locking in and throughout that meditation I really like to, to talk talk myself through the game and really just tell myself that you got you got a group of some some, some great football players that are going to be putting their best foot forward and, and rely on them and they're going to be rely, relying on you and just go out there and, and cut loose and have some fun. So what do you do in the morning of a game? What's your mental routine and then what's your physical routine? Usually I'll wake up um, just get out of bed real quick and kind of use the restroom and then go right back to bed and, and put cut some film on and, and just just get a feel get get some reminders look at the pressures that I that that they run most frequently just so I get a little little reminder of the, what what the looks may be or what the front may be and and go go from there and, and really look at the third down so that so that I'm as prepared as I can get and just making sure that I'm checking a few more boxes right right before I go out and then on the way uh, to the game, I usually like to look at my pass picks and, and go over and find my check downs, make sure I know every route, what, what my last read progression is, and people that aren't even in the read progression just in case because you, you never know what can go on throughout the course of a play and just try to try to be as sharp as I can be for the game. Okay, let's play this scenario. I loved meeting your parents. So you grew up in a solid family, two parents, uh, just cool parents. They're just, they're just. I can't speak highly enough about your parents. Yeah. Let's say that you're you came from a, a dysfunctional home when your teammates. Let's just play this game. Let's just say you came from a dysfunctional home. Your parents are going through a brutal divorce. 
uh, or maybe there's a loss of a family member, a loss of a friend, loss of a loved one. There's some real-life pain, real-life tragedy. And you are the quarterback of the team, and you still have to rise to the occasion on that Saturday afternoon. How can you compartmentalize? Teach us how you are able to block out the rest of the world, every distraction, focus in on your picks, on your progressions, on everything that you've been talking to us about. How do you compartmentalize your life and focus in on right now what is most important right now? Well, it, it starts with meditation, and that, that really just brings me back to where my feet are and really just focus on this moment right here. Um, doing that right before the game, that usually gets me locked in. And then throughout the game, when, when the when the – plays in action there's nothing else that, that really matters at that point it's it's usually just all about ball it's all about making sure that we're advancing the ball and moving the football so that we can get the ball in the end zone and end, end with the kick and, and just have a good time but yeah um like last year it, it it's never going to be easy and it, it it does involve putting on a mask some days and and knowing that that it's not going to be easy but you have to embrace all those emotions and everything that you're feeling so that you can you can work through it and not just put it put it back in inside, or else it'll come out at a at a time that you don't want it to. So you have to just really take it all in. So let's get to your pregame preparation. As I've shared with with other athletes, I ask them: Is there a specific music you listen to before the game? Are you mellow? Or are you fired up? Is it ACDC or is it the Mormon Tabernacle Choir? Um, more, more so R and B. I like to to be relaxed. I like cutting on uh, like Marvin Gaye or like a Teddy oh, Pendergrass. Yeah. Back, throw it back old a little, school, a little man. old school. Oh, yeah. yeah, have a good time and just relax. Do you put it on your headphones like a Michael Phelps did before the Olympics? Yeah, that's what you're listening to as you're out on the field. And yeah, usually when I when I walk out onto the field, I like to uh, pop the headphones off and just really oh. take in the whole environment and just get get ready to go and. Just embrace everything that I'm feeling and want to want to feel at feel at home on the field, really. So, what's your favorite movie or Netflix uh, special or Netflix? Do you ever binge on one specific series or a favorite movie? I did. I love. I love The Office it, it, the, it, as a Netflix <laughs> series. Yeah, I loved watching that. That was one of my favorite shows. I I still cut it on sometimes to to this day. Um, as it comes to movies, that's that's tough. It, it's a the spectrum, you know, depends on, on oh, what, yeah. what the mood is. If I'm looking for more of a comedy or if I'm looking for for something more serious. But I, I do like Interstellar a lot. I think that's a that's an awesome movie. Very cool. Yeah. So what's your favorite food? All these questions that people want to know. Ooh. I mean, it's either it's either uh chorizo burrito, breakfast burrito. I love I love <laughs> eating that. that that's probably what I've ate most in my life for, for breakfast. Every time I go home, I usually go to Los Kamala is the one spot that I that I love and, and just get the horchata with the breakfast burrito and I'm good to go. Um, but I also really do love watermelon and it's kind of a, a little very little very routine amusing. that I have. Yeah, I love it. So, what's your default food? So, if you're home alone and and uh, you need to cook for yourself, what would you whip up? Um, it depends. I mean, I, I like to I like to get. Like a steak, or or even a just a a fish fillet, or either like a steel cut trout or or, or steelhead trout, or um or even a salmon, and, and just cook it in the air fryer, and get um maybe some some asparagus or 
or a cauliflower or something like that and make it with some sort of potatoes and so you're a chef kitchen. um not not necessarily me my, my girlfriend does a little bit more of the cooking very but yeah cool. I, I like to I like to get in the kitchen when I can that's very cool so yeah. maybe footballs you know you step up to the center and you're like this is a recipe no doubt you know, and every one of these linemen is a different fruit, yeah. different vegetable. That's a stupid analogy. <laughs> Actually, you have to put it together and mix it up and see what happens, right? Yeah, something special is going to happen. Okay, so let's flip the let's flip the switch. So football, your pro career is over. What 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 are your plans? What do you see yourself doing once you get out of the NFL? A passion, a desire. What what's it about? Hopefully, it's still involved with football some way somehow. Um, whether it would be announcing games or, or even coaching in, in them and just being getting that same feel that you get and just because I, I love the excitement that you get from, from just coming out here on Saturdays and being being within the stadium filled with people that are that are all there for that one that one thing and, and it's just it's awesome and there's nothing really like it and, and that's why I'd love to be a part of it for as long as I can. I'm sure you will be. So if, if you were asked what's your personal brand? What would it be? Personal I mean, obviously brand. you have a unique hair, hair hairstyle. I would have my hair, my hair would look exactly like yours, except I'm 60 and I'm yeah. losing my hair right here and I'm growing it in places I don't even need it. Yeah. Not a fair trade-off. My only hope is that the hair in my right ear will grow long enough I can comb it up over the top of my head and fake all of you out. So what's your brand? Is it your, is it your goatee? Is it your million-dollar smile? Is it your contagious laugh? Is it your positive attitude? Is it your crazy hair? Is it your outfit? Is it the shoes that cost more than my car? <laughs> what What is your brand, bro? I don't even know. Um, I don't. I don't really. I haven't really defined that in, in my in my head. Really, um, I think I'm a I'm a guy that that's a little goofy that likes to have fun and. And it's just competitive as all get out, and, and that's just that's just my nature, and that's just who I am. And and if I'm not having fun, then probably won't be doing that for very long. And that that's I just yeah, that's just just me pretty much. Okay, so what would you say to a new recruit who comes into the University of Utah to just check out our system, check out our coaches, check out our facilities? You know, with the NIL, the question is that what used to be at the top of the recruiting list, you know all of the facilities, all of the above. I was 20 for 20 when I was playing football and baseball at the University of Utah. They would give me these recruits, and I signed 20 out of 20. Oh, wow. I, I, I take a lot of pride in that. The game's changed, my friend, and now it's NIL. What would you say to a recruit to help him come to you to understand this, the unique, the special quality of life and quality of family focus that we bring to the table here that would circumvent somebody offering him big money to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think just the thing that separates uh, Salt Lake is just the, the market. I think they, there's, a, there's a great market size, and there's plenty of people out there that are youth, that are youths themselves and Utah fans that, that are just there and would love to support any any youth that they can. And, and when you come here, you just got to make sure that you're playing some good football and, and doing everything that you can. But you're going to be taken care of, and that's just that's just the way that that the valley works pretty much out here, and it's it's fun. I agree. Yeah. So, what is your favorite NFL team? The Cowboys. Yeah. And why? Um, just gr growing up, uh, went to went to the Cowboys training camp out in Oxnard, California, and oh yeah, and uh, 
one one time I actually hurt my ankle and was the only person in the uh, the handicap section. So I had Tony Romo, Demarcus Ware, Jason Witten, and and Marion Barber come over. And ever since then, just a, a that diehard. That's so cool. Yeah. And how old were you then? I think I want to say probably probably about ten. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. I know. I was I was. And because you were kids. at Newberry Park. Uh, the Cowboys had their training camp up at Lutheran College. Yeah, I've been yeah. out there down to 101. Oh, yeah. And that's interesting. So when you get drafted, who would be your favorite team to play for? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, it, it could be it could be any one of the teams. It doesn't matter to me. I'll, I'd just be more than, more than happy to, to be playing in the NFL. That's, that'd, that'd just be a dream come true right there. So as a pro-style quarterback – there's certain offenses that you are more naturally uh, focused on, or your abilities would be showcased easier in certain certain offenses. Um, is that the reason, as you said, the reason why you came to Utah is because of the style? And Whitt- Whittingham had been around for so long, you kind of knew what to expect, and that you could fit right in. Yeah, um, I just I, I like the idea of getting under center and and really just making sure that I I learned football and and how. It's supposed to be played and, and how the guys in the NFL and, and how they're doing it on Sundays are doing it because it um, gives you a deeper understanding of the game. And, and I think it will ultimately help me be a coach if that's something that I, I, I do want to do or even if I'm calling plays and it, as an announcer. And, and just there's so many different opportunities on it that, that come from truly learning the, the sport and and having done that with uh, Coach Ludd, he, he's given me so much knowledge just because he's been in, in, the, in the coaching for over 30 years and, and is an unreal coach and just uh, really really knows how to hit the details. And that's why I, 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 I chose Utah ultimately, just because of Coach Ludd and his, his uh, genius, really. So who has been a football player that inspired you as a young man? I love Tony Romo. That was, that was one, of my, one of my favorite quarterbacks, just being a Cowboys fan. Uh, having cool. having met met him and everything, yeah, he's awesome. So, if you uh, were put as the recruiting co- coordinator, would you recruit speed and size over character, or would you recruit character over speed and size? Depends on what the speed and size is, is <laughs> looking like. Yeah, um, I know. It, yeah, you gotta. You gotta you gotta have character at some point, and and it's gonna it's gonna really cost you if you don't have a guy that has has good character. Just because he he is one of the best things since sliced bread doesn't mean that it's gonna bode well for your team and mean that you're gonna get more success. So it's uh it's hard to go against against the, the speed and size, but yeah, probably character. Just and so the beautiful yeah. answer, without putting you on the spot, would be find someone like you oh, no. who has speed, <laughs> size, and character. Yes, sir. I, I, I wanted to I be able so. to compliment you. You're such a <laughs> good you. man with <laughs> such a great attitude off the field. Okay, so you lose, and what do you say to your teammates as a captain? Just pretty much tell them that 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 I, I haven't stopped believing. All our goals are still out there, and and they're still obtainable. And we just got to make sure that we're we're not doing more, but we're doing what we're doing better and and a, at a higher level, so that we can up our play and just really elevate everything because we it, it's a it's a dire time and we we really need to lock in right now pretty much. Okay, as a quarterback, as an elite quarterback. Uh, last year and this podcast is evergreen, so the year was 2021. The the four 
NFL divisional playoff games all boiled down to the last play of the game. Kansas City's teeing up against Buffalo. In the last two minutes of the game, they collectively scored 25 points. Josh Allen, character guy like you, great athlete, watched him at Wyoming. And Patrick Mahomes, character guy out of Texas, you remind all of us, especially me who study that and have an opportunity to, to meet these guys, you remind me of those two guys more than anybody else in the NFL. Appreciate that. Those are, those are two and, of the best doing it in the game. And so my, my, my question to you is, Patrick Mahomes has 13 seconds on the 25-yard line. He has to take his team 75 yards in 13 seconds, and he gets into the huddle. Now it's you. What do you say to your teammates when everybody in the stadium, even the guys selling hot dogs, have left and given up? What do you say in that moment? And remember, he he took them down to the 40-yard line in 11 seconds with two seconds left. So what do you say when you've been booed, when you've thrown an interception, when your running backs fumbled, the kicker missed the previous kick, and there's this chaos outside of the huddle what do you say as a quarterback to bring them back to saying we can do right now? What is it that we need to do right now? Um, coming off the sidelines, I'd, I'd first tell them nothing, nothing's more important than this next rep, and, and that's the only thing that matters. And you just need to focus on that, and, and the rest will handle, it, handle itself. And usually right before the, the huddle when we're, when we're walking out there, call a play, I'll, um, just look at the guys and say it's going to be one hell of a story. And there's no, there's no, there's no other group of guys that I'd rather be doing it with. So let's go do it. Very cool. So, um, when you're injured, how do you, how do you, how do you come back? Not just injured physically, but injured emotionally. Um, how, what do you do mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, to get back up and go again when you know it's a serious injury? Okay, so you're you're knocked out at the Rose Bowl. Great concern. Yeah. Do you think about getting better right now, or do you immediately think, ah, I might, you know, what about my future? Um, yeah, of course. There's always going to be thoughts of your future. You never you never want to have a, a play like that where where you get knocked out during during the course of a game, and it, it's a it's a scary, and it's probably one of the one of the scariest parts of football. It's been happening so so often recently, and and it's scary to see, but. Um, yeah, you, you really just focus on taking it day by day, especially with an injury like that, and just making sure that your head is as good as it can be and really just making sure you, you alleviate all the all the hits and everything that you can take. And that's why I'm glad I play quarterback and really don't have to hit during practice or do any of that. Um, so it, it saves the head a little bit. Comb your hair in the huddle. Yeah. And <laughs> nah. you know, you know, just kind of yeah. fix your pads. <laughs> yeah. I love quarterbacks, yeah. But yeah. Okay, so as we wind down – if you, if if you were, if you had one hour to live, what would you drive five hours one way to say to somebody for free? What's it That's really a, all about for you, bro? I think it's just about uh, being a good person and and just having fun. Really, I mean, it's such a it's such a short life. Um, having having teammates that have died in the past and and family members and everything it really puts it into perspective that that it, life is so short and you don't you don't really have as much time as you think it, it's a uh, it's easy for me to sit here right now when being being younger to to think that uh, there's a lot of a lot of life left to be lived but it, 
it, the sad reality is the, the the days may be long, but the weeks are short, and and you blink, and it, uh, I feel like I was in high school yesterday. So that that's why I, I just think you got to take advantage of every second you have and just have fun. So would you agree that there's nothing more insignificant than the halftime score? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you, you got to pay very much attention. I think you, you really just have to lock in on that, that next, the next half and really just putting the best brand of football you can on tape. One play at a time. No doubt. There you have it. <clears throat> Fan of Cameron Rising. Not because he, uh, he stretches stuff on the football field but because he is an extraordinary human being who happens to play football. For the record, we need to report, repeat one more time that you actually have beat your dad, Nico, in cornhole more than once. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens every time I'm home or, or whenever we go somewhere and play. Yeah. There you go. So time. never say never. Yep, never. <laughs> and how do we follow you? How do we keep in touch with you? How do we join your tribe? How do we f- reach out to support you and... Who knows, you know, work out any kind of an NIL deal that has nothing to do with the university, but yeah. it has to do with individuals like us to make sure that you do live lucky. Yeah, you can find me on, on, on Instagram and Twitter at CRising7, and I'll be, I'll be on there. Um, actually have a, the link to my agent's uh, pretty much a, just an email, and, and you can send over any, any opportunities that way and, and get in touch that way. and. And take it from there. And I also have a, a website, CameronRising.com, where I'm selling selling some apparel. And, and uh, half the proceeds are going to the 22 Foundation for Absolutely. Ty and Aaron. And, and uh, any any help there would be much appreciated. So thank That's you, good. Man. I have some towels. You know, all those away games, I have some towels I've stolen from Marriott's before yeah. that we can throw on your website. Oh, yeah. Maybe sell to help raise money. For I'm sure. sure you have a few towels you've taken as well. Yeah. Got to have a few. <laughs> there you go. Cam Rising. Number seven on the field, number one in your heart. We love the Utes, and uh, go Utes, bro. Thanks for being on our program. Yeah, thanks for having me. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.